Welcome to Destination Unknown, the podcast where we focus on falling in love with the journey. I'm your host, Blazik, and I'm excited to share the next hour with you. Hey, don't it just flow through me? Back when at first I came over me, I did not know what it's supposed to be. Remember them turning me down, but how could you ever say no to me? Well, guess I'm still right where I'm supposed to be. You ain't see where I'm going to take it. Well, I don't know where I'm going to take it. What's that plaque in the back? Is that Pepsi? That is, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is. Hell yeah. So yeah, dude, the podcast is named Destination Unknown, unless I decide to change it because <laughs> <laughs> it felt right at the time, but I haven't recorded an episode yet. So if after this episode, it doesn't feel right, maybe I'll change it. Word. But, uh, Hence yeah. the Destination Unknown. Hence, oh my gosh, now we can't change it. <laughs> now we can't change it uh well cool i'm gonna do an intro i never do intros but i'm gonna try it for this this new series uh joining us today you might have heard him from the nba the nfl espn Fortnite, or hbo's award-winning series euphoria today we have Tariq. so we'll put our hands together over here it's just me <laughs> but Tariq, what's up man how you been Dude, I'm amazing, man. It's uh, it's all things considered, uh, definitely amazing. Like, just very, very grateful, and it's always cool to just be able to sit and catch up with you. I know, man. Our uh, our catch ups are far and few between podcasts, but it's kind of better that way because yeah, we can just sit down for an hour, no cell phones, and just chat. It's what's our cadence? Is this like once a year? About I think that? so. <laughs> I think so. That's a yeah. That's all right. That's all right. You know what's crazy is that you and I haven't met in person yet. Dude, I know. Isn't that wild? Don't you have your internet friends where it feels like you really know them? But I feel like I feel like we like we've had nights out at a bar (laughs) in Kansas or something. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Yeah, it is weird. I I was actually in the wedding of someone that I met on the internet and I've only met them one time. But Wow. Yeah. It's crazy how that works, man. Yeah. Um, well, dude, I have a, a opening question for you that I think will kind of steer this whole podcast. Have you seen those GQ can't live without videos? So it's like Ed Sheeran can't live without. And then they just go through. Have you seen those things? I don't think I have. All right. Well, it's a thing. Um, so we're going <laughs> to do the Tariq version. So we're going to do things that Tariq can't live without, but... They cannot be materialistic. So (laughs) things you can't live without that aren't materialistic. So just off the top of your head, what are a few things that you can't live without? All right. This might seem like an oversimplification or maybe like super obvious, but like oxygen, air, (laughs) or I guess the more meditative word would be like without my breath, you know, um, That'd be the first thing. And then from there, I'd say my peace and joy. Okay. So are those your priorities? Like, do you feel like you prioritize those in a, in a very like focused way? A hundred percent, dude. That's so, the, the main, those are the things that I pay attention to. Uh, mostly on a day-to-day basis and that's why you know when you said how are you I'm like all things considered pretty amazing 
that doesn't mean that there's not, you know, challenges and, and things like that. But yeah. The simple things, right? Man, yeah. it's so peace. What'd you say? Breath, peace, and joy. Yep. So do you feel like those are in order? Um, yeah, definitely breath first, right? Because that is, I guess, the basis of my existence as a, a human being and the, you know, the physical experience, like if once your air stops, then you cease to exist. And then because I'm here and I'm existing and I can breathe and it makes sense that I might as well be a joyful and peaceful human being and joy and peace are kind of synonymous for me. So I think there's definitely times in your life where you didn't have joy or peace. Um, like what, what's been the journey like to get towards those two things? Um, I say the journey starts with personal growth, right? Which like for you and I, um, obviously we both know like those, those things have been, that thing has been important to us for the past, probably like five years of our lives. Like since we've known each other, that's kind of like what really brought us together anyways on the podcast, right? Is like our personal growth journeys. Um, so in growing personally, I once heard this, this thing, um, or this, someone said basically the, the best way to track your journey, you know, your, your personal growth journey or your spiritual journey. Cause once you're into personal growth, you're like, how do I know if I'm progressing? Right. Cause you'll take some steps forward then you'll seem to take some steps back. But this person said the number one thing that you should pay attention to, that's going to be a good indicator as to whether you're progressing in the right direction or not is every day when you wake up, are you becoming more joyful mm. and more peaceful? Like that's the metric. And, um, it didn't just, it didn't just resonate. It almost just like clicked. I was like, that is the metric, right? Like when you're a kid, it's mostly joy, right. And playfulness until the ice cream falls off the cone or your toy gets taken away. Then you have these moments of just like, you know, sadness and whatnot, but the measurement of a child and like their experiments. If you're, if you're trying to measure like a child's experience of life, the only thing you really have to go by is like how much they're smiling and laughing and playing. We, they're not adults yet. where like, you're measuring finances and, you know, relationships and sex life and drinking and like, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. So I, I, I just felt like that really made sense for me. And like, looking at the way I came in, I kind of want to go out the same way, you know, like laugh, laughing and playfully. That's really interesting because I feel like for me, the personal growth journey has been so like the pendulum has swung so much for me because yeah. I got into personal growth and all these motivational videos and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be this, this, and this so I can be rich and I can be this. And then you start like, you, you hit that level of the personal growth and it almost becomes exhausting for me. It becomes exhausting. It becomes performative. It mm -hmm. becomes a little fake. And then if like, I feel like if you're fortunate enough, you hit the next level of personal growth, which is, I just want to fucking be happy. Like that's, yeah. I, I just want to be happy. And now how do I almost tear apart level one? of the personal growth journey to mm -hmm. where I can make that happen and I can just be 
content and happy and simple, like those are, it's, it's just kind of ironic how that journey goes. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't find that in those early books. The early books are telling you get yeah. rich, get, get disciplined. And I think those things are necessary to become a person that can hit the next level. But, um, and I'm, and I think both of you or both of us would say that, yeah, money matters. Mm-hmm. Um, discipline matters. All of that matters. But the person two like me two years ago would definitely not be aligned in the values that I have today. Really? Yeah. Like I have four main priorities that I'm trying to live every day by. Um, number one is sobriety. Like that's my foundation of the day right like sobriety my next is my health and fitness and then under that is work just because I do feel like that does allow me one I enjoy work now so that's a big part of why it's a top priority for me um two I feel like it gives me the finances to be able to even fund those first two things yeah um like really you know for real yeah and then lastly uh, is my social life. And I actually pulled away uh, dating from that. So I think I've been trying to really date pretty aggressively the past two years. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I'm attracting what I want. So I want to work on those mm-hmm. four things in a, as a whole. Just like become the person that I would want to date and then go from there. But all that to say, like, those are not what I think my priorities were four years ago. They would have looked uh, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. different. Absolutely. Um, okay, that that that's so dope, by the way. Everything you just said, uh, just amazing. Question for you, because I haven't really, like, I haven't really struggled with um, drinking or really any substance abuse for that matter, I have had, you know, vices that aren't good. So, uh, you know, there's a correlation there, but I feel like sobriety is such a watered down, overused word. And so I guess my question is, would I be correct in saying that when you say sobriety, what you mean is, um, I assume it's not like, I guess I'll break them out into two halves. Like on one half, there's the obvious part, which is like, not drinking a ton or like using a substance to procure feelings or escape other feelings. Right. But then on the other side, the, the, the side that has a little bit more depth, which is like the byproduct, I guess, of sobriety, would it be just allowing yourself to feel everything as the true you and being the one to procure the feelings that you want to feel on a day-to-day basis rather than putting that in the hands of something externally would that part would that be accurate in in stating it that way it's a big part of it um you know i think me and my buddy tyler talk about this a lot like we really just want the truth i mean Mm. at the end of the day we can do stuff to make ourselves feel good. We can tell ourselves stories that make us feel good, mm. but we really just want the truth. And I think for, for me personally, when drinking, I'm not giving myself the truth. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 
covering that up. I'm making myself feel numb. I'm making myself even feel attracted to someone I'm not attracted to. Anything but the truth, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's a, a big thing. How do you know what's true and what's not true? I think when I'm sober, it becomes very obvious. So I've been on this sobriety journey, I would say, for about three years. The last year wasn't the best year for me. Like out of all my years of sobriety, I've struggled the most mm -hmm. over the last year. I had something happen within the last month that was like a true rock bottom moment for me mm -hmm. um, that I don't really want to dive into. But that like gave me that rock bottom that I really needed. And now I can kind of like bounce back up. Yeah. But I would just say like over when I'm, when I'm on a sober streak, I can look back at when I'm drinking and I'm like, it's all lies. It's everything I did was a lie. It's all lies. Mm. And th it's really not obvious to me when I'm struggling with that versus when I'm, when I've got sober days built up and then it, sober months built up and then it becomes very obvious to me. Wow. Just the clarity of it all. The longer you go, the more clarity there yeah, is. More okay. clarity. Um, and it really just allows me to live life how I want to. So the reason that it's my number one priority is because I can't do number two on my list, health and fitness, if I don't execute on number one. Um, because I'll skip the gym in the morning because I'm hungover. Mm -hmm. I'll feel like shit. So I'm not being healthy. Therefore, parlays into number three. I can't work well. I can't focus at work. I can't podcast. I can't do passion projects because I'm just really getting to the end of the day, whether that's to drink or whether that is to just feel okay, like feel okay again the next day. Yeah. Um, I feel that. I've, I feel like I've heard this from multiple people. Um, I think I heard it from Taylor Swift. I think I heard it from Rick Rubin. Um, and I translated it in so many different ways. I'm even translating it in fr from what you're saying right now, but they say you have to protect your ability to create by all means, like don't stop creating. Now, this doesn't have to just be in regards to like something artistic, right? This can just be your life is something that you're creating, right? And so you don't want to stop creating your life. Um, and what I translated that to was like, some ways that you can protect your ability to create is in making sure that you're putting yourself in a position where you're always able to create. If you take yourself out of that position by doing something that the next day is going to diminish your ability to feel inspired and, and do the things that you want to do, like sometimes protecting your ability to create is protecting yourself from decisions that you would make on your own yeah that would harm yourself like and that's <laughs> that's wild to me right because when you think protect you think protect from from something external something outside of you from other people or whatever but like nah, like sometimes your own habits or vices um addictions whatever it might be um even just choices right which can mm -hmm. be 
such small things that have compounding effects, like those things can harm your ability to create the life that you want. Or, you know, and, and for me personally, it can affect my ability to like go and write a song, right? Yeah. Like if your mind is on other things or if your mind is foggy, um, that affects you. And it's just wild to me that realization, like, let me make sure that I'm protecting me as a creator, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've been like away from social media and creating for a bit now. And mm -hmm. that's been for multiple reasons. Um, I still don't love like social media and the pressure it maybe puts on myself or how I subconsciously compare myself to others or how I might even perform myself a bit more to get clout on social media or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I've over the last week or two, I just have had the thought of like, wow, I really feel like when I'm my best self, I'm creating. And that's something like this, hence the relaunch of the podcast. But it, for me, it needs to feel genuine. And I can't create wanting something out of it. And I know that that's been the case for you as well. So. It just doesn't fit, you know. And so I, I feel like I needed to do something where I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it my way. Like I'm not going to let anyone influence it. I'm going to talk to the people I want to talk to. I'm going to talk about the things that I want to talk about. And if it resonates, it doesn't. But like, I don't know if you remember in this book you sent me uh, for listeners, like Tariq wrote a book and sent it to me. It's called You Name It. Uh, you put in there, like you wrote something and you said like, promise me that you'll keep shining your light or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like this is part of that for me bringing people together, having conversations and, and like not even sharing what I know. Cause I don't feel like I know shit, but just ex sharing my experience. Yeah. And then people can pick and, and take what they want, but mm -hmm. just sharing my experience. And, you know, I think in the past I've been, I've used a podcast more as like a journal and almost like trying to help myself and figure things out where that's not so much the case anymore. I want to do it as a passion project, but yeah, man, like I can't do this if alcohol is in my life or this is one that maybe you haven't thought about. If I haven't 150% made the decision, I am not drinking, then it's always in the back of my head. I could be three months sober, but it's in the back mm -hmm. of my mind. And I'm thinking I could maybe have one night and that's not the end of the world. And that's what's crazy about addiction is like you can win 999,000 seconds but you can lose one second and that changes yeah. everything, yeah. which is really scary. Yeah. Dude, but you can't, but I can't have that in the back of my mind if I'm going to create and give to the world. Yeah. That, uh, that's powerful, man. Um, so like what, when you're navigating the world and you're like feeling at your optimal, what are things that you're doing every day to be in that space or not doing? What are things that you're not doing? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question. It ends up being really simple. 
when I'm feeling my best, I'm at ease. And um, I'm really peaceful and meditative. Um, you know, I kind of look at the whole point of meditation is to become meditative in all things, right? Like, I don't really view meditation as an act, even though like, you know, it's something that we can do, but it's, it's really more about what am I, what am I becoming by doing these things? And for me, it's just like, I, like, I don't think of my best as everything externally going right. Right. I'm making yeah. tons of money. I'm creating tons of songs. My relationship is perfect. Everything is perfect. And the sun is shining. Like those things are neither here or there. Right. Like, and I, I, I realized that if you look at life existentially, just from like the, one of the most basic ways that we um, experience life is through nature. It's always going to change right? Like it's the sun isn't always shining, like there will eventually be a hurricane somewhere, there will be a tornado, a monsoon, rain, thunderstorm, um, global warming, like what, you know, whatever you want to call it is coming, like it, it's, it's going to happen. So when I'm, I'm at, when I'm at my best, all that means to me is that no matter what's happening externally, I feel joyful and peaceful and easeful like that is it you know i don't i don't really need much more beyond that i don't need a guarantee that uh everything external is going to be okay um because i know it's not all the time you know um all i need to know is that i'm taking care of myself and preparing myself and equipping myself and building myself up, engineering myself within in such a way that no matter what comes, um, there's this equanimity within. And like, that's, that's when I feel like I'm at my best. If, if, if there's not, if I feel like I'm being tossed and turned by like the things externally, my first my instinct actually isn't to go after the things externally and try and fix those. It's really, I'll pay attention to that because sometimes there are certain things that, you know, you have to, you know, change in order to make sure your situation is better. But I, I, I always pay attention to how I'm feeling. And if I'm like, am I breathing really fast or really slow, right? Because someone who is um, disturbed or irate um, when you're anxious, your breath, you'll notice is, is going a lot faster. But when I'm calm, I'm breathing really fast. Can I be going through something in life, but also one, have the wherewithal to go on a walk. And then while I'm on that walk, not be so bogged down and distracted by what I'm going through or what's happening within my life that I can't notice a butterfly or a leaf falling from a tree, the trees dancing in the wind, like these small things, the fact that I'm breathing, the fact that I woke up this morning, I wanna always be cognizant of those things. And when I'm not, then I know that I'm not at my best. That's your clue that, yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny too that you say calm and peace no matter what, because 
that's actually what like it's just that's what makes us perform better too so say you're in a, a extremely stressful situation your instinct might be like okay i gotta knock this out and get going but it's really just like come down come down mm-hmm. be here and now i can perform or execute the task at hand and 100 that's just not the instinct at least it wasn't for me still isn't for me i know it but that's just not the instinct i think for most people it definitely isn't i mean you'll hear ridiculous things especially on the internet right like now that everyone <laughs> has a voice like i've heard stress is good um it's a good thing um it's like i try to think of it like this there's a state of being that you want to strive for and like one of the best uh uh I guess like stories or analogies that I could, you know, put it into is like, imagine like you need a heart surgery in order to save your life. And there's a time clock, you know, you only got like maybe an hour or two left. Now, obviously the situation itself can be viewed as stressful, but when you think about the heart surgeon coming in, do you want your heart surgeon to be stressed out and, 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 and anxious and like, fumbling like the materials that are about to be operating on your heart? Or do you want someone who's like calm? And it's not to say that there isn't a sense of urgency, right? Like that is fine. It's just like an athlete in the fourth quarter. Like obviously, you know, the, the, the clock is ticking and you got to score. There's, there's a job that has to be done. But who do you want operating at the table? And yeah. it's like, that's the person that I always want to be. Yeah, you want Kobe. Just stone cold yeah. killer calm like i really do I, I think that's really something admirable about athletes is there's hundred thousand people in the stadium and they have the ball at the free throw line and they look calm as can be that's there's like really something to that to to carry into other parts of life so on that note like we're we're saying you know this is the instinct What's something maybe, maybe not even an instinct, but something you've learned or used to practice that you no longer do? And I'll give you kind of an example. Like for me, at the start of my self-help journey, I learned about emotions and what I was feeling. And I like really dove into that. And I'm like, okay, I feel this way today. I feel that way. And I'm really like listening to this and, and thinking about it constantly. And I don't anymore. I don't really let my feelings dictate what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, if I'm going to do it. To me, feelings don't matter as much anymore. I don't want them to matter. But what's something in your life where maybe at the start of your self-help journey, you dove into it and now you're like, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. um, I'd say the main one that comes to mind is journaling. Hmm. Um, That was a like really important for me when I first like really started to uh, unfurl and, you know, and and carve out my my personal growth journey. And I don't really do it anymore. There's a there's an aspect of it that I do want to start to uh, incorporate again, as I go on, but um, 
journaling or at least you know the way that it's uh picked up for most people or the way that you know society kind of views it most commonly i guess is just like writing down what you're thinking right yeah. like letting your thoughts flow onto paper and um while that was important to me to start as i you know continued on my personal growth journey the most important thing that i feel like i've learned so far and applied in my life is distancing distancing myself from my thoughts yeah. and um and from my body right like like certain feelings within the body this is not to say that i'm ignoring the feelings like i'm definitely aware there's you always want to be aware you want to be attentive right but similar to what you were saying you don't want to be making every decision based on like a feeling like you know the body has a lot of feelings biologically yeah. and if we followed all of them you know <laughs> it wouldn't lead to the best decisions at all times so um yeah i don't i don't journal as much and it's because i don't think as much as i used to or maybe there is a ton of thoughts but there's so much distance now between myself and my mind that it's like uh I'm not taking everything that the mind thinks as a valuable piece of information that needs to be dissected and, you know, opened up and, and then acted upon. Yeah. Um, if I open up a journal right now, there's not much I'm thinking. Like what I'm thinking is about my breath. You know, even as we're sitting here talking, I'm like aware that the next one isn't guaranteed. And so it makes me really grateful for the one currently. Um, I'm thinking about how easeful I am. Um, and and that's and these aren't even things that I'm thinking about. It's I'm experiencing them in live time, so there isn't much there. What I do want to get back to when it comes to um, journaling, if you will, is more so um, maybe like bookmarking certain aspects of progress that I'm making within because mm. it's like, you know how like you can't post to Instagram the inner workings of your personal development. There's no way to like show that, you know, like one of the things about personal growth that I love is like the distance between uh, trigger and reaction and the more you grow the farther apart those become right something that used to trigger you like you just you don't even react anymore where you used to be like trigger bang reaction right after you can't post that to instagram you know what i mean um so there's certain things or certain ideas that i have that i do want to put on paper a little bit more that are kind of like bookmarking or documenting feelings that I'm having within or really grand ideas that just for the sake of making sure that they are, they come into the physical, I'd like to put them down on paper, but that's about it. And that was a really long answer, but dude, no, yeah. I, I love it. Um, you saying you don't think as much, that's like exactly that the space that I'm in slash trying to move forward to, because it's just, it sounds it's again, this is kind of counterintuitive to the early self growth journey where mm -hmm. All you're doing is feeling and all you're doing is thinking. Those are the two things that we're <laughs> told to do. Yeah. 
Um, but life is just a lot better when you don't think as much, when you don't worry as much, when you, because really what is thinking and worrying going to do for us? Not a lot. It's really not going to do a lot. So it's mm-hmm. like, what's the point? I can operate at a better, like, I, I can be more mindful. I can be more strategic, more uh, more productive if I'm not thinking, I'm not worrying. And you just kind of let things flow. And, like, I I really think as of lately more than, more than ever, when I'm just letting myself flow, that's when I'm operating at my best. Like, I almost do the right things. Me and my buddy... Uh, me and Tyler talk about this too a lot. It's not like self-help books are teaching us anything. We know yeah. what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like we know that we're supposed to go to the gym. Yeah. We know that we're supposed to meditate. So why am I going to read a 300-page book that's going to tell me how to meditate when I can learn that in one minute and now I have all that knowledge? Yeah. It's not saying books aren't useful, but the way that I kind of look at it is – one book or one one video or whatever is not going to teach us anything. Now, maybe if you surround yourself uh, or, you, you know, your diet per se is all self-help books and all self-help videos, you're going to start thinking in that right area. And that can be helpful. Mm-hmm. But I just think that the self-help world can be a bit dangerous uh, because, you know, it's a... It's a business too, right? Yeah. So if people are saying, oh, you want to feel happy, here's my book, they, they might not have any qualifications or even good intentions <laughs> to writing that book. Like who's to say they do? They might just be trying to fill those 200 pages as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And And like I said, we all know what to do. And I think that when I just let myself flow throughout the day, it feels good and yeah. I'm productive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you most proud of right now, man? Um nothing. Damn it, I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Did you? I, I knew you were gonna say something along the lines of nothing or or uh I don't think pride is a good thing. <laughs> It was going to be one of those two. <laughs> What's energizing you then? We'll, we'll do that. Life. Man. The, the childlike spirit coming out, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, um, if you really want to know what's energizing me right now, it's the same thing that's energizing you. It's the same thing that's energizing our planet. Um, The same thing that's energizing the sun. That's energizing the blood flow inside of our bodies. Um, The mechanisms that allow us to move our fingers. Uh, It's energizing the air that we breathe and, you know, the freaking universe that we live in. It's, it's, it's It's energizing the ants underneath the ground you know, it's uh, what whatever is energizing the fact that we breathe in with the trees, breathe out and vice versa. That's what's energizing me. That source. And 
it's that's that's how simple it is for me so simple the most simple <laughs> yeah so when you're like okay so have you been on a creative kick lately or where have you been with that yeah i'd say i'd say that this year has been the most creative of my life so far especially really? in, in music um but then also in like designing my life yeah okay so do you feel like that's like an inspiration thing do you think that's a like because i know for me creating it, it comes in waves and it's not it, i think it's nothing i really control maybe there there's certain things i can do such as you know living my best life but where do you think like waves of inspiration and creativity come for you? Um, putting myself in a position to be receptive. So like creativity is not, um, it's not something that like you do or something that we're responsible for. Like you're a hundred percent right in that way, right? Like there is something known as cosmic thought, right? Which basically you can think of as like, just imagine there's a cloud of all the thoughts and the existence of humanity that just they live up above the sky. Okay. And this would explain why, like, sometimes you'll have this business idea, maybe years ago, and then you'll see it on freaking Shark Tank or somewhere in life, you'll just run into it. And it's like, I thought of that years ago. Um, and it's because like ideas just they drop in to us, right. And we're basically vessels to um, go out and, and, and make these things happen in real life, which is what you know manifestation is. It's just a return on investment. So an idea can drop in. Do you invest in that idea? How much you invest in it is gonna determine the return, AKA manifestation. Um, so for me, it's about when I come into the studio, my state of being and my state of receptivity is going to determine how much I'm able to create. The more blockages that I have, the more of a blockage that I am as a vessel, the less creation is going to be able to flow through me in order to have something come out. There are so many things from you name it that I hear people like speak on, and I'm like, who wrote that? <laughs> there, dude, I'll be writing a song and like a couple of minutes in, I'm like, yo, who, who yeah. is writing this? Like some of these lines are just crazy. How is it flowing and piecing together so well? I'll, I'll, it's not me. It's just kind of flowing through me. And if I can make sure that like my vessel is clean, and that's going to mean so many different things for so many different people. But I think there is like a, 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 a point where it becomes uniform in a way. It's just in a different, you know, in a different way. But like, for me, like, I don't want to come into the studio with any sense of like regret for something that I did recently, decisions that I've made recently. Um, I don't want to come in um, with anything of the past, like living in my mind, 
-hmm. because that's the only place where the past can actually live, right? Like the past doesn't actually exist. It's like the only thing that exists is right now in this moment. There's no, uh, it's not like tangible. Like it's something that you can grab and then, you know what I mean? Like you can't grab yesterday and bring it right here, right now. And like, I can pass it to you through the screen. It, it only exists in our minds. And that's, and the stronger that, the, the less distance there is between myself and the mind, the more that the past is able to live and be this real like vibrant thing that on a physiological and psychological level, it's so loud and it can bring me down. It can, it can take me away from, from right now, right? And the more I allow that, the less I'm able to create. So for me, whatever I have to do, just making sure that um, I can receive what the universe has to offer, that to me is like where inspiration lies and where creativity lies. It's just in how receptive I am. Um, And I really, really find that to be uh, true. Yeah, and and I think for most creatives or just people in general, the future is just as dangerous outcomes Mm -hmm. because, I mean, every creative ever or every person ever has done work for a certain outcome, Mm -hmm. um, worked late to get the promotion, wrote the song this way because they heard it on the radio and they think that they can repeat the formula and get on the radio. Mm Mm-hmm made a podcast about this because this person did it and now I can become famous and, and all that shit. And I know for me, when I've executed on those plans, even if I get the result that I wanted, it's not what I actually wanted. Mm. It's, it doesn't feel the way that I thought it would feel. And I know for you out of, you know, you spent a lot of time in your earlier music days really wanting to be signed, really mm-hmm. wanting to, you know, have hits, all of that. And I'm not going to say you stopped trying, but the I, I feel like maybe when you let go of that idea, mm-hmm. Fortnite calls, Euphoria calls, NBA calls. It's when you're really, like you said, being receptive to the moment and just, I'm really into being in my flow right now. I just want to let... Like, dude, I'll be at work and I'll just stop and look up. I'll just yeah. look up with, if I don't know what to do next. And within 10 seconds, it normally comes to me. And boom, yeah. okay, now I'm in action. But like by being in flow, being only you can be Tariq. Only I can be Blazik. It's all we can be. Like there will never be me or you again. Mm-hmm. And I think when we can all dive into that, then that's when we're like, this is what I can give. I can't, but dude, me alone, I used to try and be you with writing music, swear mm-hmm. to God. Because like, for people that don't know, I was a fan of Tariq's music before we ever met. Um, and I loved like the sad boy rap as he, self, as he called it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling it that. He called it that. I used to love that sad boy rap. And I would try and write it. And I couldn't do it like you could because you were doing it and i just think when we approach things expecting a certain outcome even if we get it it's not probably 
what we want because we just did it with the wrong intentions going into it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, almost everything of the mindscape is going to be derivative in some way. Um, you know, to something that we saw from someone else. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as like a starting point or, or, uh, you know, a spark. Inspiration. Part. Well, yeah, hundred percent. And you, you almost have to go through that derivative phase where what you're creating is kind of like based on something that you've seen or, or heard, mm-hmm. even like the very language that we're speaking right now. It's, you know, based on 26 letters in an alphabet that was not invented by you or I, right? Like we're just saying words that we've learned um, as children to formulate sentences and and piece together how we're feeling within. Um, But yeah, you got to go through that, that, that derivative phase. um, And maybe, you know, for some, they don't have to go all the way to the point where you like fully create something and then you realize and then you get what you you thought you wanted and realize that it's not what you wanted. Uh, Some people don't have to go all the way there. But most people do have to go all the way there. And then it's in that process of doing that, that you realize, okay, this isn't what I want. And then you begin to ask yourself, well, what is it that I want? And then you start working your way. Yeah. Back to that. And that's back to being open. That's part of it too, right? Like just checking in. We're not like we, we talked about not feeling our feelings and thinking all the time, but like definitely checking in. Is yeah. this what I want? Should I make changes? Like that's nothing has to be what we've been doing. Nothing has to stay the same. We can do whatever we want. And that's, that's a lot of freedom. I mean, it's easy when we're in the job that we don't like to think I have to stay here and I have to do this because of X, Y, Z. And those are valid reasons that you need to make money. Mm -hmm. It's not a valid reason to stay in the job where you're waking up at 2 AM with anxiety. Like that's not a good reason. Yeah. So yeah, we can definitely check in and, and make changes when we want, but with, with going into the new year, um, somehow it's December. <laughs> um, I like to use this as a time to check in with myself and and maybe come up with some new priorities and goals. I was very, very, very simple with it this year. Sobriety, health, work, social life, in that order. Mm-hmm. How do you look at the new year? Is that something that you do? Um, yeah, like how do you look at the new year? Yeah, I think, you know, um, I'm not socially exempt from the state of reflection that um, tends to come over us when a year is coming to an end and a new one is coming, right? Like, it's just around you. Everybody's, you know. And we know it's made up, like. Yeah, it's obviously made up, but there is something to it. But there, but it's, I think it's important to use every opportunity that I can to be attentive to what I'm doing and what I've been doing and what I'm trying to create 
or like the person that I'm trying to be, the the the, the way that I want to feel on a day to day basis, right? The state of being that I want to be in. Um, now, thankfully, on a day to day basis, like I mentioned earlier, this is something that I'm already paying attention to. Is like, am I becoming more joyful and more peaceful? Like that's really there's there's a ton of things after that that like sure like you know, I want to do like I want to be a good music artist I want to you know run my charity organization and 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 my business and like run that up as much as possible um but like if I'm not joyful and peaceful then I know that those things become uh a lot more difficult to do and even if I do them if I do them without my joy and my peace then for what I don't, I don't even want to i don't even want to think about that you know what i mean like that's the i've seen it happen more than enough with others i've seen celebrities commit suicide people who you thought had it all like you know it's like i know that getting things that i want externally are not going to make me joyful and peaceful so i need to prioritize that first and then go get the things that I, I want and the things that I want are, are mostly selfless anyways. Um, so for the new year, I just look at it, you know, 100% as an opportunity to be attentive to to life. It's just another opportunity. Now, although I feel like we should all be doing that on a day to day basis, ideally, if it makes it easier, where like society is using this time as a, a day to pay attention to it, then absolutely use it. The same way I view Valentine's Day, like we should be loving every day. That should be of our nature every single day, right? But if there's a day where society is, you know, focused on that, then use it as an opportunity. It's, it's almost like the New Year's Day or Thanksgiving or Valentine's Day, these are like the limitless pills. So take them, but don't like wait for next year to take it again. Like take it and use it and and transform it into a way to like transform you as a whole so that every day becomes a day where you're thankful. Every day becomes a day where you're attentive and, and reflecting on, um, you know, what it is that I'm, I'm doing and, and what am I becoming, right? Like yeah. use every day as an opportunity to be a loving person. And I would encourage people to simplify too. I don't think it has to be this crate. I saw someone on Instagram the other day. They had this 365-day calendar. <laughs> and they said, now it's easy. I've planned my whole year. Now I execute. This simple. This is the simple part. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it. Um, <laughs> I, I think simplifying your life is the better way to go. I think saying my goals for this year are to be happy and joyful. You know how to get there. You don't have to personally, I don't believe I need a 365 day calendar telling me what to do. I just need to make sure that in every day I find pockets of my day to make me joyful and to make me peaceful or whatever those goals might be. I know how to stay sober. I know how to be healthy. I know how to work hard. I know how to be social. Mm -hmm. I spent 15 minutes putting that together. And I, I wrote beside them why each one was important to me. And I think that, more than a plan, is going to help me stay true to those four things. 
So I would just encourage people to simplify. Um, if you are going to do reflection, New Year's stuff, it's something that's been really helpful for me. I historically have been the guy that maybe would try a 45-day plan day by day. And it's overwhelming. It's too much. I'm not a superhuman. I'm not someone that can do that. But what I can do is live by my priorities and make sure that I'm aligned with those. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah man, I, I think that's, uh, I agree. It's, it's, it's important to pay attention to what works for you. Bingo. And you mentioned this earlier with like the, the industry that is now advice and self-help from others. The most dangerous part of it is that um, at least what I see, and I, I know like I've, I've done this as well is you'll learn something new and then you go preaching it to other people without first bringing it into your own experience. Very guilty of that so myself. A, a big part of like the self-help industry is that a lot of the stuff that's in books or on social media, uh, it's coming from people who haven't brought the things that they are teaching into their own experience right like you'll you'll see if you know if you watch sports um and occasionally the the analyst will bring athletes on and the athletes are like have you ever stepped on the court or onto the field like you're just talking but like you've never actually done this and like there's so much truth to that it's not that you're trying to be condescending at all when you say that but it's like if you're gonna preach something, make sure one that it's something that's in your own experience. On the learning side, make sure you're not just taking all advice in and then running with it. Like you need to ask yourself, has this person personally experienced it? And then, okay, if I'm gonna take this, let me go try it and see if it actually works for me. Because that, like this is life, right? Like people say, learn from your failures which is like, that's half of the equation. I think the other part is learning not to fail. <laughs> and what I mean is like execute, right? Like you wanna also make sure that you're executing. You wanna make sure that the things that you're doing are actually working for you. Because if they're not, then you quickly wanna you know, move to something else. And right. as you know, we've learned in our personal growth journeys, it starts out as really freaking, um, it's dense and there's a ton of stuff that you need to be doing but then the more you grow the more you there's like two phases to personal development first you learn and then the real part is when you start unlearning yeah damn that's it right so it's like get to the unlearning part as quickly as possible you're so right man and that's funny you said that because that sounds sexy, right? Like first you get to learn and then you have to unlearn. I was just about to say like a lot of the stuff online is just sexy phrasing. And then mm -hmm. we're like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. It must be true. Also, I'm going to go tell 10 of my friends that yep. and act like I came up with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I feel you. Like unlearning is, I've done so much unlearning in the past year. And it just, it frees up so much space, man. It, it, it alleviates anxiety. It, 
it it really does just allow me to operate in a much better space. Like you got to learn everything and then you can really pick what you want, get rid of the bullshit, free up the space. And, and here we are like, yeah, for me. Yep. Well, cool, man. We just hit an hour. Um, did we? Yeah, dude. I appreciate oh. you hopping on. Let everyone know how to find you and maybe what you want them to specifically check out if that's something on your mind. <laughs> um, yeah, no. There's nothing on my mind. I think... Uh, Humble. People will find what they want to find. You know? Um, yeah, that's where I am today. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, what, <laughs> I, what I want them to find. Yeah, find, find, don't find me. Find joy and find peace. Love it, man. Love it. And that's why you are the behind-the-scenes artist. And, <laughs> and that's been awesome. It's so I love just being on a YouTube video and like, I know that song. Or on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's my dude. That's my dude. <laughs> All right, dude, brother. Yeah. Well, appreciate you hopping on, man. And uh, yeah, have a good one. Hey, dude, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. All right, later, man. Later.